On September 20, 2020, family culture is the topic of this message. Worship service number 208. If you are watching online, we would like to invite you to go to the website bchurch.us and look for the tab bulletins. And then you find the date, September 20th, and then you can download the bulletin. Or the other option is if you are watching through a smart TV, you can just go now with your phone and open the camera, point towards the QR code, and then you will be able to download the bulletin. All right. I want to remind our viewers, you are being blessed by receiving broadcasts like this kind. We need your help. What we are looking for is $5,000 to renew parts of our equipment. Some of the computers are old and the cameras too. So we would like to improve that. If you want to help us, go on your browser to vchurch.us forward slash give or send a text message 432-268-0007. Indicate the amount, and the system will take you through. <laughs> family culture. Last week, we were talking a little bit about family. Do you remember? We talked about our ancestors and how all those things affect us. And I want to share today with you guys something very simple. It's not too profound, perhaps like some... Uh, probably will like, but sometimes we need to be practical in our theology. So what exactly is to, uh, to have a family culture? Many people are not even aware that in their homes there is a culture. There are a series of habits. So we will talk about it. But this is one question that I have for you. Which culture is better? African-American? Asian? European? Hispanic, Jewish, Native American, Texan, yeah. West Texan. <laughs> well, that's the question. <laughs> but the answer is the best and better answer to that question. The biblical culture. You know, it's not about one particular nation. It's what God says. That is the best Culture is God's culture, and that is what we find in the Scripture. That is why we go to the Scripture in Matthew 22, verses 37 and 39, when the Lord Jesus was asked, Tell us, teacher, which is the most important command? And he said clearly there are two commands that are the foundation of everything we do in the kingdom of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. We read the scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Loving God and loving each other. And here we go. We need to go before we talk about what is to love one another. We need to remind ourselves the importance of loving ourselves. We love the Lord. We love ourselves. Then we love somebody else. Now, today I want to share with you in a very practical way the seven areas that will make your family unique. In fact, your family is already unique precisely because you have your own culture. And we are going to discuss that to begin with area number one, food and kitchen. That makes the first area probably one of the most important areas of your family culture. What is what you eat? And what are your habits about it? Where do you buy your groceries? What kind of groceries you buy? Do you cook? What is what you cook? Etc. Your kitchen, my friends, is essential. Whatever you eat, is going to determine a lot of things in your home. Right. It's like the, the music around the house. Because the smells that we have in the house when someone is cooking or when somebody brings something to eat, yeah. they are very, very inspiring. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Not all the time. No, no. And honestly, 
sometimes you are invited to go to some houses and then when you get there you just get the smell of the food and not everybody likes the same kind of food. We know that. Now, when you are thinking about your family culture and how the kitchen and the food is one of the important aspects of your family culture, let's go back to the scripture in Matthew 22, 37, which this will be a way to have check and balances, guys. When we are talking about what are we going to eat, we always need to keep in mind that it's not just what I want to eat, it's what is what the others in the house want to eat. It's not just what I like, it's also what is what the others like. Because otherwise we become extremely selfish. The, 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 the culture in your house, you will establish that culture in your house precisely by asking those questions. And sometimes, you know, being honest, not everyone even knows what is what they want. And you know, there are jokes some that sometimes there that some people say like, uh, I'm so hungry, but I don't know what is what I want to eat. Sure. You know? Well, it's, it's part of the deal. You, sometimes we just don't know what is that. For those who are single, if you are watching, you are single, you live by yourself, and you don't have to deal with anybody else, well, it's different. You will eat whatever you want. But for the rest of us who have family, whether it's a spouse or we live with somebody else or somebody else lives with you, and there are other members in the household, Things are different. And the principle must be, because I love the Lord, I'm going to ask what is what the others want to eat. But now, you know that the whole concept of eating is not just about putting stuff in your mouth. That, that, that is so simple. You need to start by thinking, Whatever is what you're going to eat, somebody has to go to the store and buy the ingredients. Have you ever thought about the time that we need to spend doing that grocery shopping? And now with the regulations, things are even a little bit more complicated. Going to the stores and all these things, some people are just not happy about it. You know, personally, I don't like many of those new regulations health-wise, they say. And uh, well, my sweet darling, Tracy, she is so kind to go to the stores and buy the groceries for us. And um, she buys. But honestly, guys, if we go together, we are going to spend much more money in the grocery store <laughs> because I, I love food and I love to cook. <coughs> well, <coughs> because of the regulations, I'm not going, therefore, the stores are not getting all that they can get from me. That's right. <laughs> True statement. You don't need it. Uh, I'm not going to buy all the, the rest of the things because I just um, want to go right now to the stores for this situation. I'm not going to buy it. Okay, and my wife is not going to buy everything that she thinks I would like, etc., you know. But point number one is when you are thinking about the food in your home, being considerate, someone is grocery shopping. Hey, what about the person that is paying for those groceries? In many homes, and I'm going to talk to my viewers here, in many homes there are children, they are just so entitled to grab and get whatever they want, they don't even finish what they serve in their plates. That's, that's just wrong. There are... This is very important, friends, because whoever is buying the groceries, that money came from his work. It's his life or her life. So it's not fair for others just to come. Have you seen those plates when they just put all kind of stuff in the plate? And then at the end of the meal, 
they didn't eat even 50% of what they put on the plate. And what happens then to the trash? Imagine the person that gave the money to buy those groceries. The person that went to the store to, to buy the groceries. The person that cooked that food. And then half of that going to the trash. The worst part is about those who don't want to even pick up the plate from the table. Okay, so how we create the family culture by loving God and being considerate to one another. Somebody is buying the food, somebody is cooking. We all need to show gratitude. We all need to be considerate. If there are several people in a group and there is just one pot with the food, the first person coming has to be considerate, thinking there are others in the house. You see, that determines the family culture you will have. Many problems happen precisely around the kitchen. Those who are working outside, they come back to the house after a long day of work, and there is no food in the house. And there are some in the house that they are not doing their job. That's not right. Family culture, you see? Then the other important thing, practical thing, guys, when you are eating, try to have pleasant conversations. There is nothing worse that somebody, when he's about to eat, that the arguments start. The, the question, did you pay that bill? And the person is just about to have the first bite. And then the fight starts. Family culture. What is your family culture? In the kitchen and about the food. Do you wash your hands? Do you help cleaning? So we know. At the end, somebody has to clean the kitchen. Well, in some homes, there is a terrible bad culture that they all assume that mama has to clean up. Yeah. Mama has to clean up. And nobody wants to help because it, it's, it's just this idea, you see, family culture. And that creates a lot of hostility in your own home. Yeah. So it's very important that you see that by loving God and loving one another, you, you need to see angles about the whole process of, process of food. Very simple and practical advice. When you see that some item, you are running out, just write it there. What else do you need? I need more mayonnaise. I need more oil. Anyone can see there are not enough napkins. Write it down. <coughs> Family culture. Okay. Second aspect. It's about the bedroom and your sleeping habits. It's part of your culture. You know, you, you, go, you go to homes where you will find people that they have strange habits about where they sleep, right? Sometimes you will find them sleeping in places that you couldn't think that somebody could sleep there. You're like, did you sleep right there? Yeah, I slept there. Okay, well, everyone is different. Again, the principle. We love the Lord, but we love one another. In your home, my friends, you need to talk to those around you and just make the agreements about where everyone is going to sleep. And again, the cleaning of our bedrooms. Friends, how many problems we have today because there are issues in the bathroom, and I want all the single people to close your eyes so you can't hear. <laughs> there are many issues in the bathroom of marriages because there are some things that are not being done the right way. You know what I am talking about. Family culture. What is the culture that you have created about that department. 
And every family, every couple is different. Hours of sleeping. You know that in some homes there are people that not necessarily are going to, to have the same schedule. Sometimes there are ones that are resting more than others. And sometimes there are ones that they just don't have enough hours of sleep because they are working way too much. Again, the principle. You love the Lord, but you love one another. You need to be considerate about those individuals in your home. Are they sleeping enough? Here, you know, we work hard in this area and like many other places, but particularly here, many people get up early in the morning. Well, those ones who get up early in the morning, they need to go to bed early in the evening so they can have plenty of rest. But imagine the lack of consideration in certain homes where the one that doesn't have to go to work has the TV on late night, loud volume, and the other person that has to get up early in the morning can't fall asleep. It's not right. Again, the principle. You see, you love the Lord, but you love one another. You're going to show consideration. Third area, my friend, money management. Again, family culture, right? Every family is different. Some, some people say, well, my money is my money and your money is your money. So you pay this part, I pay this part, and you know, you do whatever you want with your money. That's one way to handle it. And other families is different. They just say, all the money goes to the same pot. It's in the same account. We share everything. And some families, they say, well, you know what? I, I always like to save some money. <laughs> in, in some homes, there is one that says, well, I love spending money. I don't need to save any money. You see? Some people like to buy cheap stuff, and other people prefer to buy quality stuff. That's right. Which one is right? Quality. Well, the answer to this is, again, you love the Lord, and you love one another. You have to work with your family members. What is what the other need, etc. Money management is precisely the other area where there are so many problems in our families today. And quite often people don't like to talk about those things. For those who are dating, important topic to discuss. How are we going to handle the money? Well, last night we... We enjoyed the wedding of our friends, Ronnie and Wendy. And, uh, you know, it was a great wedding. We enjoyed a good meal and fellowship and all that. Well, so now they are just taking off in their honeymoon. And definitely all the festivities are going to be fantastic. Eventually all that comes to the normality. And then here we go. How are we going to manage money? will be the topic. Because many problems today are precisely because the couple are not talking about it. They don't come to any agreement about it. You know, in some homes, one is the one in charge of paying the bills, meaning handling the online accounts. Nothing wrong with that. But in other homes, it's not like that. Every family needs to find the perfect formula that will work for them. There is nothing wrong, friends, for those who still pay with check. There is nothing wrong with that. No. Some people prefer paying with check. It's fine. Other people prefer the automatic draft. But in your home, you have to create intentionally that family culture. And then you're going to teach those things to your children. The kids need to start to understand about credit cards, debit cards, and all that. Years ago, I was teaching this same series somewhere else in another church. And a few days later, one of my church members, this lady, came to me and said, Pastor, do you remember you told me, you told us to talk about this with the kids, checks and debit cards and all that? And I said, I remember. Well, we... Uh, this week, the last week, uh, my, my kids and I were doing some things, and then my daughter says, Mom, 
what if we go and buy more ice cream? And she says, well, sweetheart, we can't because of our budget. We just, we, we can't spend more money. So you don't have more money here? No. Write a check. <laughs> Write a check, the little girl said, you know. Well, it's part of the thing, you know, people, kids, and sometimes the kid is 45 years old. And uh, just write a check, mama. Just write a check, dad. You know, is what happens with, in some cases, you know, with husbands that they have a, a mama wife. You know, just, just write a check. Well, I just went to the bank and I, I just went to the store and I put my, my debit card in, boom, overdraft protection. Yeah, just write a check, mama. You see, money management is part of your family culture. You need to talk with your family who is going to be responsible of what. And being aware of that. Fourth area is your communication in humor in your home. <laughs> communication is just a mystery. It is, really. Because we all come from different backgrounds. Some people communicate very well. They are good to express their feelings, views. They can articulate. They know words. They know how to say things. And you know what? Not everybody is like that. Some people have trouble to, to express what they think, how they feel. In your home, you need to create your family culture. So where and when are you going to talk about things? And compromise. We don't need to be yelling to discuss something that is even aggravating. We don't have to do that. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we lose the cool. But what do we do after that? We calm down and regroup and move forward. Because if there is something horrible, it's a home where everything is based on yelling. Yelling and screaming. You can't stand that. But in most homes, there are exceptions, friends. Because I know there are exceptions. But in most homes, you will find that from time to time, somebody is screaming and yelling. Because it's human interaction. You can get upset, and sometimes you just lose the call. You just, ah! you just go ahead and say what you were thinking or how you felt. But communication is not just screaming and yelling. It's trying to, to deliver the right idea, the right concept that you want to, the other to understand. You determine your family culture. If you go back to the principle, I love the Lord, I love myself, and I love my neighbor. Those who live in my home, I love them. And you say, I love them. Well, sometimes we have to repeat that to ourselves, right? I love them. Because it's not easy. There are occasions where it's hard to love those that we live with. Sometimes it's hard. But even then, we need to communicate. And we need to express what's going on. I have asked you to please pick up this. Do you remember I asked you to do that? Did you do that? No, I forgot. How many times I have to tell you? Every Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. So communication is, is just that. You keep talking. You... You cannot make the mistake of stop talking. Friends, that's not good communication. Well, I'm just done with you. I don't want to talk anymore. And two years later, they say, hi. My goodness. No. No, no, no. Everyone has his ways to handle anger. Sometimes you are angry and you don't want to talk. For a few minutes, hours, or even a few days. It happens. Some people get so angry 
It happens, right? But after that, you have to move forward. You need to start talking. And when you are talking about communication in your home, you have to remember the importance of humor. You know, I don't know who was the person saying that becoming an adult means that you are going to be serious all the time. Who said that? And who have said that being a Christian means that you cannot tell a joke? Who said that? Those are two wrong ideas, friends. We need to be able to have humor in our homes and laugh a little. I remember that I was talking with some friends recently and I said, you know what you need to do? To watch some comedies. <laughs> laugh a little. Laugh a little. You know, that will release certain whatever and, uh, and you will feel much better. You know? Read something that makes you laugh. Watch something that will make you laugh. Remember, in your humor, you don't need to be offensive. You are not going to use someone in your house as the target of your jokes. Be, be careful with that. That's not humor, friends. You can hurt people, you know? You know things that can happen? Imagine we men, we dressed in the closet, and uh, we pick a shirt and a pan pair of pants, and... We are walking there in the bathroom and then the wife just look at us and, and says, you got to change. <laughs> right? But you can, you can make it a little funny. You don't have to be mean, you know? Like, uh, I like your hair this morning. And then you think, what is she trying to say? <laughs> You know, it's important to have some humor in your home. It's part of your culture, friends. It's part of the culture we create. What about affection? Do you realize how many people are so affectionate to pets, but they have a huge problem to be affectionate to people? That is so interesting. You see in homes... Individuals that are loving on the dog, loving, loving the cat, the parrot, the crocodile, <laughs> whatever the pet is. Some people are so good with their pets, but they can't stand humans. Something is not right there. Something is not right. You know, in your home, it's okay if you have pets and you are nice to your pets. But let me ask you this. How come you are so careful about the pet to have the vet visit, medicine, food, water, but you just don't care if someone that lives in your home ate or not? How come can you do that? That's, that's not right. Something is not right. Being affectionate to the pets, it's okay. Just remember, there are other humans in your home, and they need that attention too. You know, some people need more significant touches than others. Some people can, can go through life without giving a hug to anybody. They, they can do that. But you know what? Not everybody is like that, friends. You need to find out what kind of, what kind of needs the other person or people in your home have, and if they need the affection, give them a hug. You know, they say that everyone needs seven hugs every day. I don't know who said that or what is the source of such information? I don't know. Seven hugs a day? But let me ask you, if that was true, do you receive seven hugs in a day, in an average? Do you embrace seven people in a day? I don't know. But you need to think about it. Affection is important. With children, it's so important, the affection. Words of affirmation. 
What is what we all want to hear? Oh, you look great this morning. Oh, I love your shirt. Your hair looks so fantastic. It's so good to see you smiling. How do we respond to such a compliment? You create your family culture, my friend. You are creating a great family culture or, or you are not. Think about it. Sixth, it's about work and serving. There are homes where some people don't want to work. That's wrong. Everyone needs to be working, doing something productive. The scripture says that very clearly. If you don't work, you don't eat. Somebody in the house has to be doing some work. And that has to do entirely with serving, you know? You know that there are many people that don't like much certain doctors. And the reason why don't, they don't like much certain doctors is because those doctors, they treat everybody like nothing. That they are irrelevant. Bunch of idiots don't know anything about it. So everyone feels very uncomfortable with a doctor like that. This kind of person doesn't know anything about serving. What's the point of having all that knowledge if you cannot be nice and kind? And I'm talking about one profession. What about lawyers? What about preachers? What about managers? Because they don't understand that we all need to be working because it's the way to serve others. Love the Lord. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. It's about serving. There is nothing wrong with serving, my friend. I want to... Forgive me for saying this to ladies, but I want to remind all the women here in the church and our dear viewers, women, there is nothing wrong with you serving your husband. That, that is not, not wrong. Why somehow in the last years many people are thinking that you ladies serving your husband, you are a slave. That person, I don't know from where that got, this person got this idea. That's, not, that's wrong. There is nothing wrong. It's the opposite. Actually, the scripture encourages ladies to serve their husbands and be an example for their children. But also, that applies to husbands. There is nothing wrong with us, husbands, serving our wives. Amen. There is nothing wrong with that. There are areas where the husband can serve, and there are areas where the wife can serve. There are areas where the children can serve, and there are areas where the grandmas and grandpas can serve. You create your family culture. It's up to you. And finally, the importance of God in our homes. How important the Lord can be in our lives to create a great family culture. You know, without the Lord, there is nothing that we can do. He gives us life to begin with. He gives us intelligence, wisdom, strength, skills, abilities, money, everything. So the Lord must be number one in our lives. The problem is sometimes in families, one loves the Lord and the other doesn't. <laughs> one serves the Lord and the other doesn't. So what do we do in those cases? That's the big question. Because in many cases, we just wonder how my life will be if I was married to somebody that loved God, really. How my life would be if I was married to, to this woman that wanted to worship God with me? How would be my life if my husband was sitting here next to me, worshiping the Lord, both together? Sometimes we wonder that. Because in a family, you know, it's not just one person serving God. 
everybody. But this is what, what the Lord tells us. That by loving Him and loving ourselves and loving one another is the way that He is going to manifest Himself in our homes. You are going to gain much more in your home by being loving, serving, than any other thing that you can imagine. And I have seen many, many times in over 30 years in ministry, cases where the wife was the only one coming to church for several years, until one day, here's the husband coming with her. And the testimony has been, you know what? I hated it when she started to come to church. Because Sundays was our day. She fixed me a big breakfast. You know, Sundays we slept in. And we were happy until she started to come to church. Sometimes it's the other way around. The guy comes by himself, no wife, for years. And eventually, she comes to the church. And then we hear the testimony. She says, you know, we were so happy until he started to come to church. Every Saturday night, we were going dancing. We went to different parties. And we hang out with our friends until 3, 4 a.m., we had so much fun until he started to come to church. Stories like this. But what is what changes everything in those families, friends? Is when the one that is getting close to God understands and applies this knowledge and manifests this love by being nice to the one in the house. My friend watching, if your spouse doesn't want to listen, you can change his life or her life just by you being nice to him or to her. That will change things. Now, I didn't say it's going to happen in one week. Sometimes it takes years. I have seen that. But eventually, that spouse is going to be worshiping God. If you keep faithful, my friend, worshiping God, even your children are going to get closer to God. I have seen the miracle. Many families where the parents, or just the mom, or just the dad, they started to go to church and serving God. And they were just sad. Most of the time, because the kids didn't want to have anything to do with God or church. And they were pretty devastated. I always encouraged them and I said, you know, you just keep your hope. Keep your faith. You do the right thing and let the Lord move in their lives. Love them. Be patient. Be tolerant. Work with them. Don't criticize them. Be gracious. Be forgiving. Be generous. And wait. I have seen that many times. <coughs> Eventually, here is one mom, one dad, sharing with me the testimony. Do you know what is going on right now with my child? No. He's going to church. You know that they live in such and such city, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Told me that I went to church. I have seen the other way around. Young fellas coming to church. And they are hanging out with the old ones there in the church. And they say, I wish... My mom and my dad will go to church, but they don't want to go to church. Same thing. Keep your faith. Keep believing. Amen. Things can happen in your, in your family. And eventually one day, the news, guess who is coming to church? 
No, my mom, my dad. They just told me that for the last two years, this guy across the street was visiting and visiting and visiting, and they hated him because he was just talking about church. But eventually, they accepted that they, they went to this dinner, and they liked it. They said that everybody's so nice there. God does those kind of things, friends. Next Sunday, friends, on September 27th, our worship service number 209, we will be celebrating four years. Four years. And we will be here worshiping God, believing in the Lord. We started with four people. Tony, I don't know if you are watching, sweetie, Penny, Tracy, and I. The four of us sitting there reading the Bible. And slowly, the Lord put other people together, more families. You guys, the Florence and other friends, slowly. Right now, we are near 50 people, church members. Not all of them are here for different reasons. The health crisis affected a lot of people and they are afraid still or some are traveling, others are in a honeymoon, <laughs> etc. Some will come next Sunday, some won't. Maybe some new friends will come to Victory Church to celebrate with those four years. We are going to prepare ourselves for the possibility of having more people next Sunday. We will have a cake afterwards to celebrate. Because even we would like to, big, uh, to have a big celebration, our budget is right now like everybody else's budget. So we are going to make it simple this time. But we will have a nice cake to celebrate that. Because we decided when we started the church, we will do something that is real. Nobody is going to be better than anybody else. You remember? We said that. Well, we are organized, Donna. <laughs> but not organized religion. We are just an organized family. Because that's what we are. And everyone is different. Here in the church, we have some that like this particular views in politics. But at the same time, we have others that they like this other, they have other views about politics. And it's okay. Some people like this particular music and others like this other kind of music. Movies. Food. We come from different backgrounds. But we are a family. Like in your home. But you know what? Somebody out there, maybe right now is feeling pretty hopeless. Maybe it's you, my friend. Do you feel hopeless about your personal life or your family life? Do you feel that way, dear friend? Because you, you heard about these seven areas where you determine your family culture and you are just sad. You are thinking, oh my gosh, you have no idea how horrible my situation is in my home. I heard your stories. Humor in my home? I don't even remember when was the last time that I laughed in my house. What is to laugh? Some people have lost their smile in their own home, in their lives. You need to find your smile again. You need to find your joy again. You can recreate that family culture, my friend. You can change your stars. 
Let God work in your life and transform everything. He is the one that can change everything for you. Amen. Just give it to Him. And do your part. You know what? It's not a bad idea from time to time to go back to our family members and say, I'm sorry. You know what? I regret that I made that decision. I regret that I said that. I want to apologize one more time. You know what? I'm so sorry. I have done that. I'm about to be a grandpa. My beautiful daughter Nat sent me another picture and, and then later we chit-chat. One night this week, I had a dream. In my dream, there is Natalie, seven years old. In my dream, we were in a party. And I'm doing something with the friends and then Natalie comes, seven years old. And she says, Daddy? And then I turn to her and I said, Yes, baby. And she says, What are you doing? And I, I couldn't answer the question. When we are with the friends in a party, you know, eating and having fun. And I said, What? So I, I went to where she was, like priest's age. I said, Not, Yes, baby? And then she says, Daddy, what are you doing? And then she put her arms towards me and said, I want to be with you. So I grabbed her, you know, and I, I kept her with me in the party. You know how dreams are. So vivid. Sometimes they become real to you. I woke up and I told Tracy right away, Honey, I dreamed with Natalie. And I told her my dream. So I texted my Nat. And I told her, Nat, I have this dream. And it was so real, you know. But immediately I went through the timeline of memories and I saw my mistakes. The times that I hurt her, my failures. And I regretted it one more time. And I said, Natalie, I'm sorry. One more time. Please forgive me that I hurt you. We all need to do that, friends. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. Nobody has an impeccable record and say, I never did anything wrong in my life. No. Especially with our children or spouse, parents. It's good to feel sad sometimes and feel the remorse and say, oh, I hate that I did that. Because that helped us to change. So if you feel right now a little bit hopeless about your personal life and your fa or your family life, I want to tell you, there is always hope. But the thing is, we cannot do this without God. So for our dear friends watching, I want to tell you, there is no way that you will have a nice family or a nice life without the Lord. You need to start right there. Give your heart to the Lord God. And that is the step number one, to create or recreate that family culture. So I would like to invite you today to give your heart to the good Lord. You will see on the screen a prayer. Maybe you want to say it with me. Dear God, I wish I could start again. I hate that I messed up. I am so sorry for all my mistakes. Could you please help me? I surrender to you. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I need you, Lord. Please forgive me. I need to change. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord. 
And you know what? It's precisely on the cross, the beautiful cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we can be renewed. What if you say with me, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I can also declare, my life is going to be great and blessed this year 2020. My friends, be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The peace of God with you. Have a beautiful Sunday. And I'll see you next week. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served I know, I know, I know, I know Please remember our fundraiser, $5,000, to buy new equipment to improve our broadcast. Thank you. Thank you for watching Victory Church. Please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.